Throughout the past episodes, I found myself underscoring the ways in which Chanel points out the ways in which the criminal justice system fails victims. From the emotional toll that court trial dates and their frequent postponement and rescheduling can take an emotional and mental toll, to the line of questioning defense attorneys choose to make when examining victims who take the stand and other systemic failures. So, as readers, we share in Chanel's disillusionment with the criminal justice system. It's less about justice and more about playing into the system. It's about how, as the victim, you have to constantly mold yourself into an image that justifies your side as worthy of being on the side of. Chanel writes, and I quote, But I had yet to understand the system. If you pay enough money, if you say the right things, if you take enough time to weaken and dilute the truth, the sun could slowly begin to look like an egg. Not only was this possible, it happens all the time. In this halfway mark in the book, Chanel takes us into a week's worth of courtroom experience and the crucial week before the jury's verdict. I saw why it's been said that survivors don't bother to choose to file criminal charges and seek justice in the court of law because it is re-traumatizing to go through it. No amount of preparation could protect me from the erasure of self, the unbecoming, Chanel says. Even after I'd leave, I knew my mind would stay there a long time depleted for weeks. I was going over the chapter of this book, going back and forth the pages to try to figure out how I could retell parts of the chapter. But I felt the anger and frustration rise to the surface as I read about the defense attorney's actions in court, the questions he raised, the way it was his job to suggest that every decision Chanel made that night had everything to do with what Brock Turner did to her. Brock, the one who is actually on trial. Brock, who was made out to be the one whose future was on halt and whose potential was wasted. Brock, who was made out to be the promising young man whose future was ruined because of this Emily Doe. Chanel presents this promising young man narrative in the next chapter, and all the ways in which Brock's legal team formed this narrative and exposes the double standards, writing, and I quote, His history included his childhood, education, summer jobs, sweet relationships. My history was blackouts one through five. My character was just as much on trial as his character. My behavior, my composure, my likability were also being evaluated. But there was nothing to suggest that I was a person extracted from a full life, surrounded by people who cared about me. End quote. Brock's legal team presented him as a young man who was more than just what Emily accused him to be a rapist. But here's the thing. 
it is possible for truths to coexist. Which is to say, rapists can be monstrous and wholesome. That the guy who helps you move and assists senior citizens can be the same guy who assaults a young woman too drunk to consent. The terrifying truth is that, as Chanel said, bad qualities can hide inside a good person. And the jury agreed. For a moment, we bask in Chanel's victory when the jury's verdict deemed Brock Turner guilty of a felony assault with intent to commit a rape of an intoxicated or unconscious person. Every verbal yes that a juror uttered in that courtroom felt like a yes, I believe you. I read this part of the book and couldn't help but have tears well up in my eyes. But this, of course, was not the happily ever after of the story.